Okay, so uh, this week, since we are, this will be our last halacha shir before Tisha B'av, uh, and then we'll have to see afterwards what uh, what our schedule is going to be and what exactly we're going to do. But in the meantime, so I figured we should do something which is uh, Tisha B'av related, and one of the primary um, uh, the questions which comes up happens to be, I'm, I'm avoiding the uh, the laundry one, that really is the dominant question which comes up, but the other one which comes up has to do with showering during the uh, during the nine days. So I don't know what the weather is like right now on the East Coast, but Chicago has been in the the 80s this week, so it's been a, a nice, comfortable, uh, constant uh, heat. We also get uh, we are zocha to be able to get humidity as well. It's not a dry heat, but it's a humid heat, which uh, increases the uh, the effect of it. And uh, certainly, I. Uh, I imagine everybody has heard that Phoenix has been like in the hundreds for a couple of weeks uh, straight uh, going. So obviously is a, is a lot of heat which is going on over there. Yeah, they, they, they've actually been over 110 for the last 20 days. All right. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, so, so, that's, so, so that's a lot of heat which is going on. Uh, and during the nine days when, uh, you know, as people know we don't shower. So what exactly do we do at uh, that point? But even if it's not so bad, the question is, um, whether or not nowadays, being that we uh, we shower much more frequently than they did in the past, we shower and bathe much more frequently than they did in the past. So, does somehow the application of the halacha is that going to change, or is that not? All right. So that's what we're going to try and explore uh, tonight. So here we have on the uh, it should be on the screen in front of you. So Shulchan uh, says. So again, pay attention a little bit. Uh, what Shulchan Aruch says in the Ramah says, because they have slightly different opinions about this. And this is something, uh, the three weeks and the nine days are one of the areas of halacha where you see very disparate practices between Ashkenazim and Sephardim. But we'll start because Shulchan Aruch appears first. So we'll start with that. So this is in Tavkuf Nun Aleph Sif Zion. So Shulchan Aruch says, Yesh Nogim There are some people who have the practice not to bathe all the way from Rosh Chodesh. So we refer to commonly as the nine days. Then he says, And there are others who do not uh, uh, observe this restriction against bathing and showering for the entire nine days. They only do so in the week in which Tisha B'Av is going to fall. What we, what we call Shavuah Shechalbo. So this week, since uh, uh, Tisha B'Av falls on the Thursday, so that means from after Shabbos until Thursday, so some uh, Sephardim would have the practice to only have the restriction next week, but today they could go ahead and until Shabbos, they can shower uh, and bathe freely without any hesitation whatsoever. Okay, but as far as I could see, we don't have uh, Sephardim here with us. So with that, we'll move on to source number two, and that is the Ramah. Haggah, the Ramah says, is going to teach us two important things. Number one is, So in the event, since the restriction, as we're going to see, is only pleasure bathing, bathing where it's going to be enjoyable. So in the event that one uh, uh, bathes or showers because there's a mitzvah to perform, so then the restriction doesn't apply. And therefore, a woman who is a nida who's going to be going to the mikvah, so she, there's no hesitation at all. She would shower and bathe as she normally would in preparation for the mikvah, and she goes into the mikvah waters as she normally did. Uh, she normally does because there's no hesitation at all, no restriction at all, because it's for the sake of a mitzvah. 
And this is what the uh, the Ramah goes on to explain, put some additional halachas in between, but he says, So this becomes a guiding principle in these matters, that when the bathing and showering is not being done for pleasure purposes, it's being done, for example, for the sake of a mitzvah. There's another motive that one has for jumping in the shower or jumping in a bath. So when there's another motivation other than tanug, other than just enjoying it, so then it's going to be permitted. But as far as the restriction is concerned, v'nogim afilu The minog is not to bathe or shower, even in cold water. So it's not only when you're when you're in hot water, which most people is the type of uh, bath or shower that they enjoy, but even in cold water, which is what I prefer. So even that is going to be restricted during the nine days. And the Ramah confirms that our minag is to observe this restriction all the way from Rosh Chodesh, the entire nine days. So for the entire nine days, we do not go ahead and bathe or shower, not in hot water, not in cold water, Unless, so far, the only exception we know of is, unless it's for the sake of a mitzvah, unless the bathing or the showering is somehow connect, connected to a mitzvah, then it would be permitted. But other than that, a, uh, a bath or a shower in hot or cold water is not allowed. Now, says the Mishabura, that when he says, I feel a bit so named, that when the Ramah says that our minag is not to bathe or shower during the nine days, whether in hot, whether in cold, explains the Mishabura, this restriction that we're discussing is only when you bathe your entire body. So like we would say, you're jumping in a bath or you're jumping in a shower. But if you want to go ahead and wash your face in the morning, you want to wash your hands, feet by us is not such a major thing like it was back then, but washing your face, hands and feet in cold water, so that is acceptable. That's not considered to be tanug, that's considered to be just regular... Um, cleanliness, and the restriction doesn't apply to that, but he does mention in cold water. We're going to see later on what the definition of cold water is, but we'll just uh, explain for simplicity now that it means that it's not going to be hot. Let's just say it could be, it may be that it's warm, but uh, cold water is going to be acceptable. Okay, now what is the story with this? So now, in order to know whether or not we can apply leniencies that may, be, uh, may have changed in our time that we have uh, indoor plumbing and the ability to shower and bathe is readily available. And uh, it's a regular practice. People shower once a day. Some people sh- which will shower twice a day. So nowadays that it's something which happens on a regular basis. It's not a, uh, an activity which one does just seeking pleasure, but that's part of a person's regular morning routine, the regular night routine. It's just something which is done. So whether or not that could possibly change. So this requires us to go back in time to the time of the Rishonim. So remember that this restriction is not mentioned by Chazal. It's something which the, uh, it's the Rishonim introduced. The practice developed in the time of the Rishonim rather than in the Gemara. So that's why it leaves a little bit of flexibility uh, in terms of what the precedent is, what precedent we use to say we should not shower during the nine days, and whether that leaves open the door for some potential leniencies. So one of the earlier sources which discusses this is the Truma Sadeshin. Truma Sadeshin is one of the later Rishonim, but he's still a, a Rishon. And the importance of the Truma Sadeshin is that he is very, um, he's very clearly Ashkenazi. 
many of the other Rishonim uh, write from a, a Sephardi perspective, but the Truma Sadeshin is full-on Ashkenazi, and many times in Orachayim, you'll see that the Ramah leans very heavily on the Truma Sadeshin, on his, uh, on his Shuvas. So he was asked, uh, this is the question, from Rosh Chodesh of, from, uh, the, until the fast day, the nine days, is it permitted to go ahead and bathe in a cold river, or is that not allowed? So that's the question which is posed to the Truma Sadashan. Shuva in his response is, Yira, it seems, it would seem to be that this is going to be included in the Isser, not only a hot bath, but even a cold, a cold dunk in a river. Because this is what the Gemara concludes in Tainus. That any time there is a restriction which is rooted in Avelus, when a person has lost a relative and they're observing some sort of Avelus, so the restriction against bathing is So whether we're talking about bathing in hot water or whether we're talking about bathing in cold water, either way, when it comes uh, when it comes to, uh, to Avelus, so all of that is going to be Aser. And therefore said, now remember, keep in mind that the Gemara only discusses Avelus. So technically, we're not really Avelim. During the nine days, during the Shavu Shechaba, we're not really Avelim. We observe Avelus, but we're not actually Avelim. So does that serve as a precedent? So the Truma Sadeshin says, So now the Truma Sadeshin says, all of the restrictions that we observe throughout the nine days, Mishum Avelu. That is rooted in the practices of Avelus or the restrictions which apply during Avelus. It's like the Rabbanan in Maseches Yavamas, where we say, okay we, we, okay, we don't need to know that, what his proof is. And therefore, being that, uh, all of our restrictions during the nine days are patterned after what we know are the restrictions of Avelus. So therefore, so therefore, once we've adopted the practice to not bathe during the nine days, the Ashkenazi practice to not bathe during the nine days, and we know based on this Truma Sadeshin that it's patterned after Avelus Halachas. So now we actually do have a source in Shas. We can look in Shas, which is the Gemarantinus here, to find out what is the restriction against bathing during Avelus. And once we find out that during Avelus, so the restriction is going to be whether hot water, whether cold water. So the same thing is going to be true during the nine days. Okay, give up. So now this helps us in two ways. Number one is we now have a, uh, we have precedent to be able to turn to uh, in uh, in Shas, because now we know that we're patterning it after Avelus, but this now also gives us another place in Shocharach to be able to gather more information, more data to figure out what's going to be the practice nowadays. So now we turn to the halachas of Avelus. We, we open up our Yoridea, the end of Yoridea, and over there in Shinpei Aleph, it says, If you have an Avel who, we'll just say, has filthy hair, Whatever, his hair is all matted as a result of, uh, you know, the heat and the humidity. So a person who has filthy hair, even an avel, this is in the middle of Shiva, but a person, uh, 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 an avel in Shiva who has uh, filthy hair is allowed to wash his hair even in hot water because the low garam istinus. 
because filthy hair is no worse than the istinus. Istinus here, they define is perish karhaguf umitsonin. Somebody who experiences it, their 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 body temperature is low. Usually, as we're going to see, istinus refers to somebody who is very delicate and they can't tolerate being dirty. We'll see this is going to be something which is important. But an istinist, somebody who's delicate, we'll translate it the way we normally do, a person who's very delicate and cannot manage in the event that they don't shower, so shemutter, such a person, lirchotz kogufo, is allowed to go ahead and bathe his entire body, again, even during shiva. So since an istinist who's very delicate is allowed to bathe during shiva, so certainly a person who's actually filthy, we can actually see the filth on his hair, the matted hair, certainly he's going to be allowed to go ahead and wash his hair, even with hot water during shiva. However, says Shulchan Aruch, Not everybody who calls up the rav and says, Rabbi, I'm an istinist, can I go ahead and shower during Avelis? Not everybody who calls up with that shayla is necessarily going to get a heter. Rather, you have to fill out the forms in triplicate. It's only a person who's well known to actually be that delicate type of person. And everything around them, everybody knows, has to be clean and has to be pristine. Such a person will get an istinist heter. And it's a person where, and this is also going to be important, vimlo yirchatz, such a person who does not bathe, the istinist who does not bathe, yitzta'er harbe, v'yavolidei mechush. So it causes them great distress, great anxiety, we'll say, v'yavolidei mechush, and it leads them to illness. Remember, mechush is, and when we talk about the halachas of the different categories of a person who is ill on Shabbos, so there is that's the most severe, then there's Cholosheimbosakan, a person who's clearly ill, but it's not dangerous. And then below that is a person who experiences mechush, a person who's experiencing discomfort. So a person who is a true istinist is a person who's truly uh, experiences discomfort when he doesn't shower or bathe. So that person where we know that, that that's their, uh, their reputation, and that's what they do. So such a person is allowed to uh, is allowed to bathe and shower even in, in the middle of shiva. And then we go ahead and we say that based on that allowance, we say that even somebody who has filthy hair, who has matted hair, uh, is going to be allowed to go ahead and bathe and shower during the period of during the period of during the period of events. Okay, now comes along the gra on the uh, on this on this uh, this gemara here. Uh, sorry, not this gemara on this shulchan Aruch. and he says it quotes a very important Yushalmi, and that is Yushalmi Sopek base brachos says Yushalmi says that this is the standard halacha that which everybody knows that somebody who's sitting shiva is not allowed to bathe for the duration of shiva. That's Yushalmi. Then the Yushalmi comes along and says, however, that restriction against bathing, even for an actual Avel, not those of us in the nine days patterned after Avelus, but the actual Avel himself, what type of bathing is restricted during Shiva? Only Rechitza Shaltanu, only in the event that it's pleasurable bathing. But in the event that a person is bathing, and the intent of that bath is not for pleasure, there's another the ulterior motive why the person has to bathe or shower, then it's mutter. 
What's an example of that? Kihada de Shmuel, like the incident of Shmuel, Alubo Khatatin, where he developed some sort of skin condition on his head, scabs or whatnot on his head, maybe he had bad eczema or something on his head. Asa Shaili the Reb Asi, and he went to ask Reb Asi, he says, listen, I'm in the middle of Shiva, but I have this painful eczema on my head. Uh, and he said, am I allowed to go ahead and bathe? Am I allowed to clean myself during Shiva from the uh, from these scabs and these sores which I have? And he says, yes, it's motor. You're allowed to. Now explains the Gemara. So now what type of sores are we talking about that Shmuel suffered from where he inquired whether it would be permitted to go ahead and, uh, and shower or bathe during Shiva? So so he says, if we're talking about where it's dangerous to not bathe, so then if it's something which is dangerous, obviously everything is motor if it's dangerous. Yom Kippur would not be an impediment. Tisha B'Av is not an impediment. Nothing's going to be an impediment in the event that it's dangerous. Rather, we're talking about scabs where if you don't wash them, it's not going to pose any danger whatsoever. Nobody's in danger. Nobody's at risk at all. But nonetheless, being that when you're uh, bathing, because a person has a skin condition, they want to clean the body from the uh, from the uh, the the ichy feeling of the skin condition. So that already is enough of a reason to say that it's mutter, because it's not being done out of tiny considerations. It's not being done for in order to achieve some sort of pleasure. It's being done to get rid of whatever the uh, the uh, the fluid which is coming out of the body because of those sores. And therefore, since it's not being done for Tanuk, it's going to be okay. So we see that the Gra also recognizes this idea that the restriction is actually, it's not such a broad uh, restriction that any type of bathing in any type of showering is going to be Aser. It's going to be limited to bathing and showering, which is being done with the intent to have pleasure, to enjoy the shower or the bath. But if there's an ulterior motive, i.e. a person is suffering some sort of skin condition and they want to wash it off, or a person is filthy and they need to wash off the, the dirt, like shampooing the head in, in hot water, washing your hair in hot water, or even a person who, who qualifies as an istinist, a person who's very delicate and they, they experience anxiety, it, it, it really, really troubles them to not go ahead and bathe. All of those are heterim, all of those are allowances to go ahead and shower uh, a shower or bathe during the nine days. Okay, but now keep in mind that we're still, you know, 500 years ago in terms of the, uh, the, the, uh, the evolution of the halach over here. So now let's go to something which is a little bit more recent. In source seven over here, we have the tshuva of the Samus Chaim. This is of Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. So he was around in Yerushalayim. He was the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim for many, many decades at the beginning of the 20th century before the state was formed, but he was there around the same time as Rav Kook. So he was asked this question. He says, if a person wants to go ahead and wash his hair in hot water during the nine days, not for pleasure purposes, but because he feel dirty, they want to clean, they, they need to clean their hair. Is that allowed or not? So now, one of the things which we which we appreciate very much about Rav Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld's tshuvas is he does he does he he rarely gives an entire shear when he gives his answer. He just tells you his answer. So we like that because it's short to the point, and we don't have to get confused in the process. So he says, and we like that. So he says, oops, 
He says, Chafivas he says, as far as washing your hair, buris, we're going to say in this regard, is either soap or shampoo, but with some sort of a cleanser during the nine days. Maishna, and I'm not sure what exactly, usually memshin means maishna, but I'm not sure what it means over here. But he says, but mishum He says, why should it be aser when bathing and showering during the nine days is only aser in the event that one's intent showering or bathing is for pleasure. In contrast to that, if a person's intent when they jump in the shower is to be clean, so if that's their intent, so if this is something which is done by everybody, so that certainly would be okay. This is the question which is being posed to him. And part of the reason why I, I, I put the question which is posed to him is because I saw the date. He says it's or the Yom Gimel, so this is a Monday evening, going into Monday night, going into Tuesday. Tes l'chodesh harachamim. Ninth day of, I'm not sure what the month of rachamim necessarily is. I don't know whether or not that's uh, um, that's uh, the month of Av, or maybe that's the month of uh, Tishrei, I don't know. But he says, tough reish pei zayin. Tough reish pei zayin, so that means that we're, right now we're in tough shin pei gimel, so that means it's 96 years ago. So this is when uh, the, the question was being posed. So he says, Chuva, he says the answer is Nira, it seems to me, if the person's intent to wash their hair or even to bathe is cleanliness, and it's not in order to just enjoy a bath, sometimes if it's really hot outside, person may want to jump in a shower, not because they need to, not because they feel dirty and they feel the need to clean themselves. They just say it's so hot outside, a shower is going to feel really refreshing. So in the event that that's one's Intent nira de einbo iser, so it would seem that there's no iser to go ahead and uh, and do so. That's going to be acceptable. And he says that you should be written, that's why it's probably uh, Tishrei, you should be written with all of the tzaddikim of the Jewish people immediately for life. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, with all of the tzaddikim of the nation of Kla Yisrael, immediately for life, biyom hazikaron haba aleinu, and the day of remembrance, I assume that's the upcoming Yom Kippur, which is coming, okay, and everything should be good. So that is, so the the, uh, the Samus Chaim, the Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld, is very clear that in the event that you are, the intent of the shower is not pleasure, but it's to get clean, it is permitted. And similar idea is echoed by Rav Moshe Feinstein. Also, fortunately for us, in a very short and straightforward tshuva, so there's not much to uh, to uh, to argue about. He says Rav Moshe writes, "This is an Eben Ezra Chelik Dalit Simen Pei Dalit Lagabi Shelas Yeshiva." Regarding the question of Bachrin, in Biyom Chom, if on a really hot day during the nine days, Muter Lirchotz Acha Rosh Chodesh Av Ad Erev Tishavav, is it permitted to go ahead and shower on a really hot day during the nine days? Rav Moshe writes, being that the intent of the shower under those conditions is to get the sweat off. You don't want to feel perspired. You don't want to feel ichi. So, and it's not for pleasure. So he says that you can be lenient. If that's your intent, it's not a pleasurable shower. Your intent is just to get clean. So that is going to be mutter. And we're going to see in uh, two sources from now, I think, 
um, what exactly, uh, uh, how we're going to make sure, how we're going to assure that the person remains within these guidelines of trying to just get clean rather than enjoyable. But we'll see that in, the, in a moment. But here in source nine, we have a tshuva of the Tzitz Eliezer. So Tzitz Eliezer has a fascinating discussion, which is also very relevant to this, although it's not directly showering or bathing, but as we're going to see, he understands it conceptually based on earlier Achronim, he understands, understands it conceptually as the exact same idea. And here, his question is, this is actually not so far-fetched uh, in terms of what people have nowadays, because uh, he talks about it in terms of a hotel, but nowadays that people have Airbnb, they may uh, rent out their houses in Airbnb during the nine days. So you may have some people who are staying by your house for the first three days of Av, then they leave and you'll have other people who come in um, you know, for the, the, uh, for the last three days of, uh, of the nine days through Tisha B'Av. And obviously you want to go ahead and change sheets. You know, the, the, the new tenants are not going to want to go ahead and use the sheets which were used by the previous people who slept there. So he says, Sitaliezer addresses this. He says, If somebody's staying in a hotel, a Jewish-owned hotel, somewhere in the, uh, in the Poconos or somebody in the Catskill Mountains. So they have a resort. Are you allowed to go ahead and change the sheets for the people where they're going to be sleeping? For another person. And provide for your new guests clean sheets. Because we know that there's a restriction against doing laundry also during the nine days. And part of the restriction against laundry is not only doing the laundry, but it's wearing freshly laundered clothing. And included in the restriction against freshly laundered clothing is fresh sheets. So normally, so in your own house, so we would say that you're not allowed to go ahead and do so. You change your sheets before the nine days, before Rosh Chodesh, and then you can change it after Rosh Chodesh. But what about when you have guests coming and they don't want to sleep in dirty sheets, or not necessarily dirty sheets, but just sheets that somebody else slept on? So are you allowed to provide them with clean sheets or not? So says it's Tzitzelia, so we're skipping the beginning part of his writing, of the tshuva. He says that, based on what we saw, Near Aloma, we could say very clearly, the same allowance that we have for showering when it's not for tiny purposes, it's not for pleasurable purposes, the same guideline is going to apply when we talk about the restriction against freshly laundered sheets. The only restriction against using freshly laundered sheets is when you enjoy that feeling of fresh sheets. So if you're changing the sheets because you enjoy the feel of freshly laundered sheets, you like the smell, you may just come out of the dryer and it's still nice and warm and whatever the tanug is. So that is going to be answer. But in the event that you're changing the sheets because they're dirty, gross, and disgusting. So then, like is known, that there are many people who don't like, they find it to be repulsive to sleep on sheets that somebody else already slept on. It's not so far-fetched. And when they change the sheets between the previous person who slept on it to you who's going to sleep on it, they consider it as if you are going ahead and you are getting rid of filth. It's like washing dirty sheets. 
So that's how they consider it. It's not being done for pleasure at all, but it's because it's gross to even think about sleeping on sheets and pillowcases that somebody else just used the day before. Because most people are considered to be delicate when it comes to sleeping on sheets that somebody else slept on. We just don't enjoy, we just don't enjoy the thought of that. It grosses us out. And therefore, when the changing of the sheets is not being done for pleasure, so he says, when the intent is because you're grossed out by the sheets and the pillowcases that somebody else slept on, so then certainly it's permitted to go ahead and change the sheets for that person. And this is true not only at the beginning of the nine days where the restriction against changing sheets is only a minute, but even during the week, the week of Tishabav, where halachically it's mandate, it's not just minog, but it's halacha that you're not allowed to use freshly laundered sheets. Being that in people's perspective, in people's perception, this is really getting rid of filth rather than actually cleaning something. So that is something which is going to, that will be mutter. And now he says, and now he says, if he brings down a fascinating uh, idea. He says, this idea that we could equate bathing with changing sheets, as we said, even though there are two different restrictions, but the idea of using the same parameters in the same guidelines in terms of what is going to be allowed and what's not, even though there are two different restrictions, says the Tzitz Eliezer, so I found this idea mentioned in the Chuvas Lachme Toda, the Mari Basan, which is written by the Mari Basan Simon Lamet. Shekosev Levire, he goes ahead and he writes, um, okay, we'll skip the exact quote. He says, the Ratzalomer, so the Mari Basan says that, and this is the, the interesting idea, the Kishem Shasa just like there's a prohibition of bathing, uh, because that's something which involves your physical body. So so along the same lines, the same approach is what tells us that you're not allowed to do laundry. Kolomer, in other words, that we're now, the Maribasan is saying that the restriction against bathing and the restriction of laundry are like two sides of the same coin. Kolomer, wearing the freshly laundered clothing, or for our purposes, putting on freshly laundered sheets, that's also considered to be something related to the body. So there's the cleaning of the body in what you put onto the body or what your body is going to come, uh, come in contact with. So it's two different stages of the body, but it's all really the same thing. And I'll piece that based on this. Kose Mari Basan, Lahalam Bidvar, Sham, he writes, the Kishem Shirchitza Vesicha Koshulavir Zuma Mutter, just like bathing and smearing oil on the body, if the intent is to get rid of filth, it is Mutter. Vasher Gedolamizu Paskwa Poskim, and the, even more so, the Poskim write, Demand the Isle Irbub. 
find so going backwards. Demand the Islay Irbuvia Bereshe Mutalachov Rosha Bahamin that somebody who is uh, they have matted hair, they have filthy hair, they're allowed to wash in hot water. It's no worse than the isinus, a person who's delicate, who gets anxiety in the event that they, uh, they, they don't shower or bathe, where they're allowed to watch, wash their entire body. And therefore, imkain, that being the case, that's what happened. Imkein, so when you're changing clothing, or you're changing bed sheets and pillowcases where the intent is to get rid of the perception of filth. So it also is going to be permitted. Because there's not really a restriction against laundry per se, but it is rechitza. Laundry is just another form of rechitza of bathing. Now this is where the, the, the interesting way he frames it. It's all related to rechitza. It's all related to uh, bathing. Just one bathing is done directly on the body, what we call a shower bath. And another time is the clothing which we put on the body. But a person is not going to be clean if he showers and puts on dirty clothing or he has clean clothing and doesn't shower. The only way you, you actually get rid of that filth is if your body is clean and what you put on your body is clean. But they're two sides of the same coin, the same thing. Both of them have the same intent, which is cleanliness. And therefore, this is something which is going to be permitted. And therefore, the Maribasan also says that when the, the intention of the, uh, of the laundering or the changing of the sheets is in order to get rid of dirty sheets, even istinous type of dirt, even a delicate person who just can't tolerate, can't think about uh, lying on a, on a bed that somebody else was lying upon. So that also is going to be permitted. It's not being done for the sake of tanug, of pleasure and enjoyment. It's being done in order to get rid of filth. And then that certainly is going to be permitted. Now, after that, says the Tzitz Eliezer in his conclusion, and he says, being that, as we've already established from the Truma Sadeshan, that the, 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 the Avelus practices which we observe during the nine days are, equa- are equated with the actual halachas of Avelus, like the, the Gemara in Tainus says in the Bir Halacha. So the nine days leading up to Tishabav is certainly cannot be considered more stringent. We wouldn't apply any stringencies to the nine days that, that would go above and beyond the observance of actual Avelus, where somebody passed away. In Cain, so that being the case, Mine, from this we see, just like an actual Avel is allowed to change his sheets uh, in order to get rid of dirty sheets in the event that they're dirty and filthy and gross and you can't uh, imagine sleeping on them. So the same thing is going to be true with regards to the nine days, that if the intent of changing the sheets is because the sheets are dirty or they're perceived as being dirty, same thing is going to be mutter. And this, this leniency is going to apply even for Shua Shechalbo. So here we have this idea once again that when the intent of the showering, the intent of the bath, or even the intent to go ahead and change the sheets or whatnot, 
if it's being done in order to remove uh, something which is dirty rather than for the sake of pleasure. So the restrictions do not apply. And now here comes the $25,000 question. So now that we are in the 20th, uh, 21st century, and as we said, we have uh, um, uh, um, uh, a very easy uh, access to, ba to baths and showers, and people take advantage of that and they bathe and they shower on a, uh, on a regular basis. So is there more room for leniency to shower during the nine days not, uh, for us than would have been true for our grandparents and our great-grandparents? So here in source 10, this is the last source, the three paragraphs here, but here we have from the Sefer called Kovei Tzalachos, as we said, that uh, this is from, uh, it records the rulings of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, that where he was asked ab about these, uh, these questions of bathing and showering during the nine days and what exactly is the procedure. So he says as follows. He says, So the author of Kleinman said, I discussed this with Rav Shmuel, Mora Rebbe Shlita, in this safer is Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, so if you remember, we saw in that original quote from Yoridea that the allowance for an istinus, to categorize somebody as an istinus, somebody who's delicate, for which we would allow bathing or showering during Shiva, that's only true in the event that the person is an istinus, a person is so delicate that not bathing is going to cause them anxiety. It's going to cause them actual discomfort, not just that they're in the mood for a shower, but it's actually going to cause them discomfort. It will be disruptive in some way, in some minor way to their life. Like the Shulchan Aruch said in your day over there. So maybe the same thing should be true as far as how bad a person, uh, how bad the circumstance is to permit showering for us during the nine days or for uh, Sfardim during Shur Shechabo, maybe we should say, maybe the only allowance is going to be somebody who's so delicate that not showering will cause them anxiety and will somehow be disruptive to their life, will cause them discomfort. Not just time you want to shower, but it's actually going to cause real discomfort. Real discomfort, like the level of a regular headache, not a migraine headache, but a regular headache. It will actually be something which you will experience in a physical sense. So maybe the person has to be, it has to be their istinous uh, status has to be so bad that it would actually be uh, generate anxiety. The Haitian, and if Shmuel responded, if Shmuel Kamenetsky responded, he said, no. He said that the nine days is not as severe as actual Avelus. And although during Avelus we'll have this higher standard, they have to be a true istinus and not showering or bathing would cause you anxiety, would cause you great discomfort. It will be disruptive. But when it comes to the nine days, it doesn't have to be so bad. Just a little bit of istinus kite is already enough to go ahead and say that the reason why you're, you're showering or bathing is not for pleasure, but it's because it's part of your regular routine and you just don't feel uh, uh, feel um, uh, uh, clean without that. And he says, And Rav Kleinman writes that this seems to be evident from the Truma Sadeshan, which we quoted earlier. Being that the restriction against bathing uh, during the nine days is minog rather than ikaradin, rather than actual mandated by halacha. 
So it's going to be treated more leniently than regular Avelus. Where bathing is Asr according to the letter of the law. So when your starting point is something which is Asr Medina, then there's a higher standard of istinus which has to be met in order to permit showering or bathing during Avelus. But being that the restriction against showering or bathing during the nine days is only minag rather than din, so then you don't have to be as much of an istinus. And as long as your intention is not pleasurable, is not to uh, to experience pleasure, but just to make yourself clean, so then that already is enough to be able to take a shower. What kind of shower? Thank you for asking. But he says, Valkopanim, he says, however, Mori Rebbe Shlita, lo ratzel hakobakai gavna elibitzonim. He says that even though it's a little bit more lenient than Avelis, said Shmuel was only willing to be lenient to take a shower or a bath in cold water. Now, what's the definition of cold water? Now, remember, I'm a cold water kind of guy. I like a 40-degree cold uh, shower. So does it have to actually be, do you have to be able to generate 40-degree temperature water in order to allow bathing or showering during the nine days? So to this, Rav Shmuel says, cold means... It means what you're able to tolerate. So if you normally take a hot shower and you turn the dial towards cold, you keep on turning it colder, 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 until the point where you say, okay, if it's any colder, I can't handle it anymore. It's too much for me. But you need to dial it down from hot towards cold to the point where to the lowest temperature that you'll be able to tolerate. And that mitigates some of the potential pleasure because hot showers people enjoy. So we don't want it to be enjoyable. So we turn it down as cold as you'll be able to manage. In other words, you're able to have a mixture of hot water in the cold water as you're showering or bathing. But as long as you turn it as cold as you can, as long as it's still tolerable. But to actually take your regular hot shower, that you shouldn't do. That's something you should not do. Because when you go ahead and you turn the water hot, hot, like you normally take a shower, that already is too much pleasure, which we're not going to allow. So we understand nowadays people shower regularly and will allow you to shower regularly, but it doesn't have to be a hot shower. Turn it as cold as you're able to manage, as long as you're able to stay in there, you should do that. I add, we'll see about soap and shampoo in a moment, but I add to that, that you should only stay in as long as you need to become clean. So sometimes when we t- we're taking a hot shower, so sometimes a person can take a 20-minute shower, a 25-minute shower, a 30-minute shower. I don't know what people do that whole time to listen to an entire podcast while they're in the, in the shower and they're spending all of that time, don't know what's happening. But the allowance to take a shower over here is number one, the water should be as cool as possible, as cool as you could tolerate. And the purpose is in and out. In and out means you need to go in there to make yourself clean, but nothing more than that. So to go ahead and linger in the shower, so that's not uh, allowed. I don't know how how many of you had that experience, but when I was in high school, so between uh, Sheer and Seder, there was 10 minutes. That's how much time we had. They had to go from one to the other. And the goal always was to be in and out of the shower and in the base mattress within those 10 minutes. So we are well-trained in terms of in and out of the shower quickly. You got to do what it takes. You get in, you get wet right away. Shampoo goes on, soap goes on, you rinse off, you get your clothes back on and you're in the base medrash another minute to get to the base medrash. And so that's something which is also, it's good training to know sometimes that you're able to go ahead and do that quickly, but you should make the shower that you're taking during the nine days as quickly as you possibly can. 
Then the last thing Rav Shmuel says is, Vosif Mori Rebbe Shlita, he had one thing. He, now he said, he says it's pashat that nowadays it's not only a hot shower with water, you could use soap and shampoo as well. Even though there are poskim who said that although it's allowed on the Shabbos before Tishabab to take a regular bath, and that's a debated point, but even those poskim who are lenient and say that you can take a regular shower. Uh, the covered Shabbos, they went ahead and said, you're not allowed to use soap. So although there are poskim who say that even when showering is permitted during the nine days, you're not allowed to use soap, says Rav Shmuel, In those days, the, the use of soap was also a luxury because not everybody had access to soap. And therefore, soaping up was something for the rich and famous. They'd watch, uh, you know, uh, whatever the show about the rich and famous was. And those are people who had soap and shampoo to be able to clean themselves. So when soap and shampoo was a luxury item, so then you weren't allowed to do something which is luxurious during the nine days, even if you could shower. But nowadays, we don't even consider it to be a bath or a shower if you're not using soap and shampoo. What, 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 what you accomplish when you just ran in and out of the water, that's like jumping in a swimming pool. That doesn't do much. We consider soap and shampoo to be part of the process of becoming clean. And it's not considered to be a luxury bath. If you go ahead and you use soap and shampoo, that's just basic soap and shampoo. And therefore, Shmuel says it's obvious that it's going to be permitted in that case. And that also is something which I tell people that now the three things together is the water should be as cold as possible. The shower should be as quick as possible. And you should use, although you're allowed to use soap and shampoo to get rid of the, the what you feel is the icky feeling of being dirty, but you should use as little soap and shampoo as possible. So some people, maybe what they're doing in the 20 minutes, the half an hour they're in the shower, they lather up three, four, five, six, seven times. So you don't need all of those times in order to be clean. One time running over the body with shampoo in the soap. So that's enough to make you clean. And that's enough to get rid of the dirt. The goal is to get rid of the icky feeling, not to feel clean and refreshed. Clean and refreshed is already a level of tanu. But all you're trying to do is get rid of the dirt. So as I said, the three criteria are as cold as possible, as quick as possible, and with as little soap and shampoo as possible. And then with that, if a person's, when a person is feeling icky, so it's, even if it's on a daily basis, it's acceptable to go ahead, and nowadays it's acceptable to go ahead and shower and bathe. All righty? All right. Givaldic, thank you all for, uh, for coming. I appreciate it.